Hi, everybody. My name is Mike Manning. And I'm Trinity French. And we are your business coaches at Wired to Change. With the number two. Our goal is to help you get the, your business to the level you want it to be so you can enjoy the life of a small business owner. All right, Trinity, we're in week two of working from home. How's it going with you and Scott? Things are getting better. <laughs> we are putting some systems mm -hmm. and processes in place that are making it easier for us to have a co-working space at home. I don't know why, but when I go to a co-working space like the City Club or um, HQ or something where there's a bunch of other people around that I don't know, yeah. I'm completely capable of working. But for some reason with him and being at home, I think because I was so used to working at home by myself, mm -hmm. it has just thrown me through a freaking loop. <laughs> And, and same thing with me and Becky. And so she finally went upstairs to work and I'm downstairs and I, you know me, I'm just loud and she shuts the door and she still hears me, even though I swear I'm whispering. <laughs> I really, <laughs> I would bet a hundred dollars I'm whispering and that ain't happened. So, well, for you, even a whisper is oh, a roar. Gosh, yeah. So <laughs> anyways, I will turn the introductions over to you cause you do it best. Okay. We are here with Dr. Dov Evans, the very, 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 very <laughs> special guest. And okay. if you ever have a problem remembering Dov's name, what is the little line that you tell everyone? Dov likes suave. Dov yep. likes suave. Yep. And I've never forgotten your name there since. You yep. I know. Yeah. I know. Excellent. <laughs> the Dov is with the Gallus Collective. He is a speaker, trainer, and author. My first question is, where does the name of the company come from? So, you know what? I always have a weird windy road to get to the name. I was looking up different names or different words that mean cool things. And then somehow I stumbled on the word bold and I started looking up synonyms mm. and I found Gallus. Really? And I, yeah. And I thought that, that sounds cool. It sounds like a warship or something like that. Oh, like, yeah. you know, something, so I said, it sounds dangerous and different. Yeah. And, uh, and I found other words, but that one just stuck. So the next day I was like, I'm going with it. And then people always ask me, Gallus, where'd that come from? A few people like, like to look it up beforehand. Yeah. So it's like a conversation piece. So I like that. It's like a, we were attacked by the USS Gallus, know, they, right? That's or, real good. Yeah, they launched some fighter jets off the USS Gallus. <laughs> I'm changing name of my company again, actually. USS Gallus. <laughs> we met. I met Dov through me eight, six, eight months ago mm -hmm. at one of your wine and whiz. I'm losing track of time. Yeah. Uh, and just sitting at home is not helping. No. Uh, just, yeah. At the Wine and Wisdom event that Trinity puts on once a month, mm -hmm. and your topic was be a boss. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, I like the title. Let me see where it goes. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. you exceeded expectations. Like so. You nailed it. Yeah. You nailed it. Yeah. So Dov was a guest speaker at one of our events. We mm -hmm. have a roundtable that happens at each of our Wine and mm -hmm. Wisdom events. And Dov led the discussion on how to be a boss. Mm -hmm. I think that you blew a couple people's minds <laughs> that left there thinking <laughs> a little differently than they had when they walked yeah. in. So mm -hmm. for a, from a trainer and presenter standpoint, there is nothing better than that feeling. <laughs> Dov and I met, believe it or not. It's crazy. In 2013, yeah, like and at a wine down event, not like, wine and wisdom, but mm -hmm. a wine down. And I know this because he walked into my wine and wisdom event and I said, 
you look really familiar. I think we've met before. And he's like, I don't oh, think so. I don't yeah. And I was like, and I went into my database and boom, sure enough, there it was. I had a little note of when I met him and his name and, and I, then it all came flowing back. So that is why I'm always like, people keep your database up to date. Cause you never know when somebody's going to come back into your circle. Mm -hmm. Side note, one of the things that I'll write in there, which I didn't write next to your name, is if somebody creeps me out or I think that Mm -hmm. they're a weirdo or I got a bad impression, Uh then I'll put that in there so that way I remember next time I see them (laughs) that I had, yeah, to run. Weirdo alert, gotcha. Yeah, don't don't schedule a one-on-one with this person. They are a weirdo. Now, on this show, there are many fun games I get to play based on what Trinity did or is about to do or said. Uh-huh. And one of the fav- fun games I like to play is, how did you two meet? Okay. And I, I narrowed down to two, and this was a combination of both, mm-hmm. a bar or a networking event. Networking, and go. we get both. We get both. I knew it was a networking. Wine, usually wine it's 90% networking uh-huh. <laughs> and then 10% bar. Bar right. stories are good, but the networking stories. But So I knew it was one of the two, and I get both. It was. It was at a networking there event. That Kevin Snyder's, right? Yep. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yep. Yep. I think he's still doing those. I get emails. He's getting from Melanie little, Paul on a that. A little bit more there. intermittently, maybe. Yeah, or maybe they just deleted me because I haven't been in a while. So, so. Dov, we are so excited to have you here. You are a very special guest because we look up to you <laughs> as fellow coaches and business mm-hmm. owners. Right. And I think that you have a lot of expertise that you're going to be able to share with our listeners Absolutely. today. Um, so first, tell us a little bit about your background. Sure, who, so who is the Dov? I know, right? That's that's a big mystery. You have to really. And where does the name come from? Where'd you folks get that from? Um, well, if I told you, Mike, I'd have to take you out. But but I can say this though. Um, that's not my full name. That's only a part of my name. Okay. So it's it's Davel. And uh, all through school, people would just jack up that name. Oh yeah. So Dov. one day I was like, you know what? I'll just shorten it to Dov. And then okay. people were very creative and said. Dwav? And I'm like, no. <laughs> so I refuse to shorten down to a letter. I refuse to go down just to D. So I'm like, I'm just sticking with Dov. And I just, so I had a, I had an old coworker that said, Dov like Suave. Um, he would say that all loud and enthusiastically. Yeah, yeah. And then from there, I was, Dov like Suave. And then people were like, okay, Dov like, okay. And they remember it and as well as oh, they yeah. can pronounce it. So. so is that a family name? No. Not a family. My, my mom saw it on the license plate of a limousine when she lived in New York. And then she, it was spelled differently, though. And she just changed the spelling a little bit. My middle name wasn't my first name. And when she saw that, she made my now middle name and then put Davel as the first name. Tell me your middle name is not John. No, it was Keenan. Keenan. Oh, I love that name. Yep. So I was going to be Keenan. Yep. So I was going to be Keenan Evans. And then that kind of sounds like someone that should be famous or yeah, I don't know, be a public speaker. Yeah. Yeah. What? Yes. <laughs> Your mom knew be. something, didn't she? Knew she? Something. Yeah. she knew something. She knew something. She continues Moms to tell do. me. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, other than having a really cool name uh-huh. and being in the cool name club, high five. Oh, I know we weren't trendy, supposed to I do that. Yeah, I know, no. right? Sorry, Mike. I never Mike. get invited to those because I'm Mike. Yeah. <laughs> it's like six million of us. <laughs> I was at a furniture store <laughs> one time and somebody said, hey, Trinity. And I turned around. I was like, yes. 
and this other girl turned around and we looked at each other. And that's the only time in my entire life that I've ever really? been in a spot with a person another of the Trinity. same name, another Trinity. She was a cheerleader in college too, wasn't she? She was absolutely adorable. See, it's the name. <laughs> it's you. the name. It's the name. So tell us a little bit about your, your background. How sure. did you get to where you are today? Um, I started off with uh, in higher education, well, sales and then higher education because you know, I did sales because I was right out of college. Um, and I wanted to get into higher education, so I did that. And once I got in, I wanted to teach. I wanted to train. I was always fascinated by that, so I started doing just that. I guess the way I started to train for myself was I had a very tough, interesting manager. I think we've all had at least one who pushed me. And at the time, it's just irritating. You don't realize you're learning any lessons. It's just irritating. But one day we had a, uh, we were doing some event, and we had a speaker, and that speaker dropped out last minute. So she came into my office with like an unusual tone. She's like, Dav. And I'm like, oh, this, that's not how she talks. And she said, we had a speaker for this event. They dropped out. Uh, we all thought maybe you should do it. And I said, okay, so you can actually, you can go home, prepare. We'll give you, you know, the topic. We'll let you, you know, write the uh, material. So I did it. And I was nervous because I was like, it's, you know, if, in a few hours. And I'm like, what should I wear? And So I did it. And when I finished, I thought I did a horrible job. So... I wanted to run away like crying, you know, but, uh, but apparently I did a great job. This manager who's super critical. If she tells me I did a good job, then I must've did something right. Cause she didn't give me any compliments. So she was like, Oh my, you did such an awesome job. And I'm like, is that the only one you ever got from her? Oh my God. Well, no, no, I got, I got another one, but Afterwards. that was, uh, beforehand, beforehand, but I almost think that was a pity, a little, little pity compliment, but anyway, I'm not going to go into that. Um, but yeah, so, so she said I did a great job and a lot of other folks did the same thing. Students would, you know, email and say, we love that presenter, whoever that was, somebody did a great job. And I told myself, you know, I should start doing this more often. So that's when speaking and training became more prominent, um, in what I wanted to do outside, um, of another organization, kind of doing it for myself. So that's where that kind of started. Awesome. Mm -hmm. For sometimes when we're thrown in the fire, we have no idea that it's like um, when the forest burns down, but it actually opens up all of the pine cones and Mm -hmm. lets out new seeds. You had a seed inside of you. You didn't even know until you got thrown in the fire. Absolutely. And imagine if you had three days to prepare for that. Oh my god. Versus three hours. I probably probably passed out. So much time I would have chicken down. No, exactly. But sometimes having less time for us procrastinators is exactly what. What we need to be very creative, very creative and you right. just have to, you know, and you don't you have just time have to, to stretch triage over it. Yeah. and come up with it, and, yeah. You, yeah. and you don't have too much time to think about it and mess it up. Yeah, right, absolutely. There's a young doll out there somewhere listening, mm-hmm. and they had they want to be, they think, you know what, I could be a speaker based on what you knew from that point. Mm-hmm. What kind of advice would you give them now starting out? I'd probably say, find your voice. Probably say find your voice. And I guess what I mean by that is, so everybody has their unique value proposition, if you will. Um, I would definitely say find your voice. What is yours? Because there's a lot of people, as you all probably know, who, you know, they speak as well. They train. Um, And I think one thing it's easy to do is go online and go, oh, okay, leadership. I can do that. Um, And, uh, and of course, that's too generic. And, you know, who are you? People want to know you. They, They gravitate to stories. So what's your story? And once you find the unique element of your story, that's your unique value proposition. And that's where you're going to start and kind of use as a foundation to talk about leadership or diversity or, um, 
organizational dynamics and things of that nature. It's going to start with your story, your approach, your perspective. So, but I think it's easy to skip over that and go right to the books and what did someone else say? Yeah. It's like, no, well, what do you say about that? You know, what's your background, your perspective have to say about those topics? So find your voice. About, I guess, four months ago, maybe five months ago, I joined Toastmasters because oh, yeah. I thought I, well, I wanted to, I wanted to be a, a good leader speaker in our podcast, right. but also would love to get in. I do some B&I training and would like to get into more public speaking because right. I enjoy that. No easier place to be than on a stage in front of people. Right. I don't get it. Why other people don't like it. It's just the most comfortable place. And I thought I was going to join to become that motivational speaker. Mm-hmm. I thought I've been around a couple coaches and they're like, man, I, okay, where's the wall I can run through once I get done coaching? <laughs> and I tried a couple of those that just, I had to study, mm-hmm. you know, and that just wasn't me. And about a month ago, I just started telling some funny family stories. Right. And what I told the other day, when my wife and I were dating and her sister and her now husband, the four of us went camping right in between uh, uh, Austin and San Antonio okay. okay, in New Braunfels. And the, uh, the river, everybody's tubing down the river and everything. And Becky and Holly told us, me and Jim, to set up the tent. And we're like, eh, that's not really us. And they weren't happy. So they set up the tent. And Jim and I were supposed to go get uh, firewood. And we thought, I bet we can hit nine irons over that river. Okay. <laughs> and so I started telling that story. Mm-hmm. And it went over well. So right. speaking of finding your voice, right. that's where I found to be more comfortable. Because I don't have study for that. That happened. Right. I just got to make sure the details are good. Because people love my wife, Becky, her sister, Holly, husband, Jim. And they get the details. And you paint the picture. Absolutely. So I'm wondering, like, huh? So it's, I'm glad you said that because that just dawned on me about a month ago. It's like, oh, that's what I really enjoy yeah. doing, just tell goofy, fun, goofy stories about the family. Yeah, no, now I got to figure out. That's because you are goofy. <laughs> but now I've got to figure out how to apply them in a business setting. Mm-hmm. So right. I tell the funny story, okay, don't hit golf balls over a river of people tubing. <laughs> right. And if you do, don't slice one and because I almost hit somebody in a tube. Right. That's where, where the funny that's story, the story was. Right. So then how do you – so now my next step is, okay – how do I make that pertinent when Trinity and I are doing a presentation mm-hmm. for a client or something and we're speaking to them to make a point how to do that? So right. mm-hmm. I digress, but thanks for saying that because well, it just, it made sense to me. So, so find your voice. How did you find yours? So I think I found my voice by just recalling some of the conversations that I had, the very candid conversations I had with friends and family and talking about that. Cause what you would do is, you know, when you're with your friends, you're comfortable and you can get the, the biggest introvert around their circle Mm-hmm. and listen to them tell stories, and all of a sudden they're profound. Not only they're telling the story, but they're telling it in a way that um, has a lesson in it, or they're telling it in a way that's very funny. They're, the vocal variety, you know, their, their eye contact, all that is on point because they're comfortable. Yeah. So once you kind of start there with finding your voice with uh, your circle, then you can kind of take that, you know, pull nuggets from that, and do the same thing in front of an audience that may not be as comfortable for you. But the story and the content is very comfortable, and that's where you start. You have sure. your comfortable voice, your story, and use that and kind of grow from there. Yeah, that's where I started, definitely. How many times did you practice that speech before you came back to work? Uh, I think I did it twice. Once at home and once in the car on the way there. And then after that, I thought I was going to have some time in the bathroom before. And I'm like, no, we need you now. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Is there any audio or video of that first speech? No, and I'm glad there's not. So um, I, don't like, I don't like listening to my own stuff. So that's what Oh, I'm my like. gosh. Yes, I hate it. I just realized that I have all of my first speeches I ever gave from in college. Really? On videotape, VHS. I need to find (laughs) those and figure out how to get those off of there because I bet you they are so terrible. (laughs) Wait, are you going to delete them or put them somewhere to keep? I would watch, I would keep them somewhere because. Drago, you can get 
cheap VHS onto something else yeah, to, to yeah. archive her great speeches. See, there we go. Done. Yes. I got one. Absolutely. I got one like that too. VHS, so. Do you? Yeah. Yeah, so we can Do have, you have a VHS player. I don't. See, that's the, don't. That's the B part. You yeah. need a player. I know you need a player to play it. I'm, I'm glad there's not, so it'll just remain on the VHS. For those of you who are wondering what a VHS I know. is. Yeah. <laughs> Call your parents. It's a Long funny story, ago. yeah. So, Dov... I know that you are a speaker mm-hmm. and that you do training and that you've written a couple of books. Mm-hmm. So tell us about the scope of your, is it all one business under Gallus Collective? Do you have multiple arms of that? Tell us how your business is structured. So right now, okay, so it's the Gallus Collective, which is essentially, again, my speaking, um, my training. Uh, and then last July is when I started the Gallus event, which I guess is another arm of the Gallus Collective. So the Gallus event is a bi-monthly uh, networking event or social um, that I have for black professionals in the Raleigh-Durham area. And the reason why I started that is because I was talking with um, some colleagues and we were talking about other networking events that we've been to. And I had a handful, you know, that I enjoyed. I was like, well, I do like this one and this one, of course, one of them being... Wine and Wisdom. Wine and Wisdom. <laughs> so, and of course, I talked about that and I talked about, I think, two others. Outside of that, there was like... 15 or 20 others that I said that we talked about that we didn't really like. We said, well, what's missing this? We don't like that. Uh, a lot of them were kind of stuffy and boring. So, so we started talking about what if there was one that looks like this? So I had this little thing in my head. I, I'm sure everyone's had that. We are like, you should do it. And like, I'm not doing that. I don't like to do that. Um, I like to speak at events. I don't mm-hmm. like to put on events. But then you have that other voice saying, well, if you don't do it, mm-hmm. um, then you can sit around and wait for someone else to do it. So, um, so, so that's where that came from. And I recognized... Um, uh, slowly but surely how many opportunities came from that the folks that I met um, how fun it was to collaborate with other people putting on the event Um, and at the same time again it really brings people to you instead of you going to an event um, which is great obviously um, it's a different dynamic when you put on the event and the folks you know come to you and then you're able to grow the event from there so now we're in the process of uh, adding on other sponsors as well Um, and uh, we might have to get a bigger venue once we uh, resume the event again we might have to look for a bigger venue because it's That's growing awesome. from there. are you going to be pivoting to doing it some way virtually in the meantime now that i'm still up in the air but i'm thinking about possibly doing that there's a lot of elements that i uh, that we had a part of the event like the live music and things of that nature mm-hmm. that i want to see how can we still keep uh the the, the vibe and, and, and the feel of the event and mm-hmm. do that virtually and still do yes it. and still maintain the, the integrity of the event so um that that would be one challenge I obviously still want to keep it in people's minds, though, right? So you still want to have things out there saying, hey, you know, we're still thinking about you all, and we have our next event, who's our next speaker, things of that nature. That's actually a wonderful example for people. A lot of times we think, oh, somebody will hire me for that, Mm -hmm. or somebody will call one day, and you did what most of us should be doing, what Trinity and I I are going to start doing once everybody can go back outside again and gather together, is just start your own. Right. Because all the other events you went to probably had one element that you liked, mm-hmm. but they didn't have all of them. All of them right. And you just took all the eight or six elements you liked, and you know what? That's yeah. going to make my there event. Mm-hmm. And people should just start their own. They'd be surprised. You're probably pleasantly surprised at how many people showed up at the first one. No, I'm not actually. It was like me and the chairs. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> but that's a better story. But that, but that is how when you start a group mm-hmm. or an event, mm-hmm. it doesn't just grow you know it's not like um you know for my wine and wisdom event that 
has morphed over time and mm-hmm. I have anywhere from 15 people that'll show up to upwards of 40. Okay. And that's a really good group of people that are coming to actually be in a discussion because they know that they're going to get called on, that they're, they're going to have to talk to each other. Oh, right. There's forced networking involved where, you know, I'll have them play bingo or um, other fun games to get them working together and getting people to talk to more people than just the, you know, one or two people that you first meet when you get into a networking event. But my number one piece of advice for anyone that's thinking about doing it is that you just have to get started. Just get the date on there. It doesn't matter if, if nobody shows up, even the activity around inviting people will help to promote yourself and get your name out there. Absolutely. The first Training session we did, God, we're going back six months ago, we had three. Okay. But you learn. Right. But we had three. Mm-hmm. And you had three. <laughs> so and, and, and it's more, and I'm sure you all looked at it more of a an opportunity because you're able oh, to yeah. learn from that. You say, okay, so this is what we did. Here's the result. What can we tweak mm-hmm. to actually have you know different results for the next event? Yeah. Um, exactly. I, I know. I know that's what I did for mine. So I wasn't. I'm, I had a few people. It wasn't just me in the chairs, but I only had a handful of folks. But those handful of folks loved it, and I was able yes. to talk to them. One, what did you like? How did you hear about it? Things yeah. of that nature. I took that data, that information, and then it grew for the second one, the third one, um, and then now it's like the last one we had. Um, I think the, the the beautiful thing I liked about it is. I love seeing the people that hang around afterwards to talk to the speaker because they, yep. they, they want that last little nugget and that tells me they got something out of it. They're, yes, we're absolutely. 20, 30 minutes over. We, they're trying to kick us out. And like, I got to talk. I want one last question. Or they're still exchanging yep. information. I'll make sure. And that's what I wanted to see. So and um, that's like somebody commenting on your social media right. post versus liking it. Right. Absolutely. They took the time to stop and talk to you. Right. How many of those events have you run now? Six. Right. I want to say six of those. Yeah. How many? jobs, opportunities, whatever you want to call that, you think came out of? Oh, there's got to be tons. There's yeah. got to be tons. Only because um, I try to talk to the folks out there and see, you know, what type of information do they want? You know, what would they like to hear next? What, what's some of the, you know, gaps um, in their professional development that still exists? And I try to get speakers to actually speak on that. And the other thing I love about it is, is giving other people a platform. So mm-hmm. obviously I'm a speaker, I'm a trainer, I can do it, but I want to give other people that platform. Um, and I love being able to do that because I see – like you said, the young dove, you know, the person that wants mm-hmm. to be a speaker, there's tons of those out there and they have a lot of good stuff to say, a lot of good things to share. So it gives them a platform to be able to do just that. And there's room for everybody. Right. Absolutely. I mean, there's enough events to hire all of yeah, you. Ab- stage absolutely. That absolutely. You probably do two and if you wanted to <laughs> yeah. tons. So yeah. Awesome. If, let me say the reason we got Dolph today is because he can't travel. So <laughs> right. we're thankful right. that we're not thankful all this is going on, right. but we've been trying to get him on, but he's in such demand. He right. travels all the time right. and we are able to, <laughs> it dawned on me last week quite an email just like, nah, he's not traveling. He can't, yeah, be no, he can't go anywhere. I, he's like, he's stuck. He has no choice. <laughs> but so two things out of that, you started your own mm-hmm. and it was uh, not a hit, not a success, but a hit. Yes. Yeah, I would okay. definitely say that. Word. Something good came out of it, Absolutely. and you're six in now. You've got numerous jobs out of it. So just start your own event. Absolutely. Low budget, because mm-hmm. you can't afford the Marriott, right, yeah, the no. Grand Room in the Marriott. Right. You're not going to pay twelve grand. Right, right. There's plenty of free places to find to hold an event and a sponsor. So mm-hmm. good, good story. Yep. Fantastic. In addition to your networking event and the training and speaking you're doing, you have also authored a couple of books. Right. So with the books, let's see. So I'll start with my first one I did, uh, Don't Forget to Breathe. Um, And that book came out of uh, 
a little mantra I used to have, uh, where I, and I still say it. I say it to my kids. I make them meditate every morning, and I say, at the end of the little meditation minute, um, I say, uh, you know, you're going to breathe success. You're going to inhale opportunities and exhale results. So that means, you know, I, I go by the idea, the concept that, you know, opportunities are everywhere. Um, mm -hmm. Even with this current situation, there's opportunities everywhere. Um, and um, if you want to be successful, I think the most successful people are able to actually see some of those opportunities. So for me, it's inhaling opportunities, take those in, yeah. and then exhale results, doing something with those opportunities, yep. right? Yep. Um, so that was essentially what that first book's about, you know, being able to see those opportunities and make something of it. Um, and uh, and that was great. That to help launch my speaking career. My other book um, was more of a, almost a, a, a hobby, a accidental hobby, which is a long, funny, windy <laughs> story. I love to ask questions. I start digging. And sometimes I go down a rabbit hole. There's mm -hmm. people that are just curious. So I started digging on the, on the uh, topic of religion specifically. And I went down this rabbit hole. It started from a podcast called Intelligent Squared. And the, the debate topic was, does science refute God? And I, I listened to the whole thing. It was like two hours long. And I sat there on the couch like, that's a good question. Let me look it up for myself. So I was just sort of looking stuff up and looking things up. And I sort of find all this stuff. I literally stayed up until like four in the morning the next morning just looking at things. I just couldn't stop. And then those notes became what looked like chapters of a book. And I had just finished my dissertation. So I would never write anything again. And <laughs> my next, my, I'm telling people, I'm going to write another book. And they're like, what are you doing? So anyway, so I started doing that. I started piecing things together, um, doing interviews, things of that nature. Um, and before you knew it, it became the book in and of itself. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't realize the topic I had until I started talking to folks about the book as I was writing it. I went to a conference to find more interviewees. And I found somebody who publishes books about philosophy and religion. And I said, you know, I'm actually writing a book. He said, well, look me up. Um, whenever you're finished and, you know, we can talk then. So two years later, I, I said, you probably don't remember me, but, you know, here I am. He's like, no, I remember you. Send me the manuscript. I'll check it out. And he loved it. And then um, so then they published it. And then that was uh, Emancipation of a Black Atheist is the name of that book. Did that change your views on anything? <laughs> well, my views on that too. My views <laughs> on a lot of stuff. That book, you have to really read the book. It's, it's um, so just like, all, I guess, both of my books, I, I go down like a personal um, journey of, you know, my thoughts and just the events that kind of shaped my ideas initially about philosophy mm -hmm. and, uh, and religion more specifically. Um, but then I also kind of explore what religion has meant like in the black community. Um, cause I never really thought about it. You just kind of take it for granted. Um, but then in doing my research, I found out, um, how polarizing, how important, um, how profound it is. And, um, I had some really, really, uh, important, profound conversations with folks. Um, and I write about them in the book because these are the types of conversations, and I say this in the book, th those are the types of conversations I wish um, someone can have about a contentious topic um, in, a, in a very respectful uh, manner. Those are the conversations I got to have. So if anybody would ever read that book, they would see the conversations I had asking tough questions, but, but we're both coming at the topic in a very respectful, genuinely curious manner, you know, not to prove anything, but just I don't know about this. I'm, raising, I'm, I'm the guy raising the hand going, I don't know. Tell me. Like, I, it may, it, this may sound like a dumb question, but I literally want to know more about, you know, fill in the blank. Um, and uh, so that's essentially what one would find in the book. If they're and and that's the lesson for today. I, I feel bad for people that can't have a conversation because you voted different than I did. Right. So I can't talk to you. I'm like, really? You're right. going to judge a friendship off of that? <laughs> right. Shallow people, but that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> 
just like a whole other podcast I would love, and I'm going to get the book, mm-hmm. is to read more on religion in the black community. Mm-hmm. Oh, my would gosh. Love, I had no I know idea it's different than the white community. I had Way no different. idea. It was a th- like, again, until I wrote, the, I yeah. had no I'd tell people, and I get two reactions. So if I told someone one-on-one that I was writing that book, they say, uh, you know, somebody would say, oh, yeah, Todd's writing a book about religion. That's all they would say about religion. they come, well, tell me more about your book. And then mm-hmm. i tell them, if it was one-on-one, they would say, oh, tell me more about that. And I'm like, okay. If we're in a group of folks, and they go, oh, yeah, tell us all about your book. And I would say, oh, my book's about, and then they are like, okay. So anyway, you have, you have uh, cause someone passed the cake, and you're like, okay. But either way, though, there was a, a lot of interesting conversations that came out of just talking about the book as I was still writing and putting things together. And like I said, you, I really learned a lot more about how important that particular topic was um, or how much of a hot button topic I should say it was in the black community. And it really gave me more perspective and interviewing um, uh, black people who were still, you know, who were religious and interviewing black people who left, you know, the faith mm-hmm. and things of that nature. And just, I just learned so much and black people who went through, you know, a, way, a, a windy, you know, road and a lot of important relationships were broken in making that decision. People got divorced and people didn't talk to their parents anymore and just, um, fortunately, my story was, you know, not as um, as hectic as theirs, but I appreciate them sharing their um, very uh, interesting stories. If um, you don't write any of your books, is your career still the same from speaking and training standpoint? Yes. Yes, okay. I would say so. Um, I would definitely say so. Although I would say this, though, that last book, The Emancipation Book, when I uh, when I did the little speaking tour for that book, that was hands down the most interesting like audience because Ooh, yeah. most of them either had the book or they were or they already read you know synopsis about it versus with the first book they're like i don't know you t- tell me i don't know what mm-hmm. your book's about but that one they were like no i know what that's about and i got like they, they pull out a sheet and like i got a list of questions so question number one and they, they'd have to limit the question okay one question it was uh so th- that was definitely different i hadn't experienced that before but um but yeah i would say you know, overall, mm. it's to be the same without the books. Where can we find your books? Uh, they're both on Amazon. And the Don't Forget to uh, Breathe is also on uh, my website as well. So for those of you that we've piqued your curiosity mm-hmm. enough, now you know where to go find those books. If you don't know how to access Amazon, then you're living in a different yeah, century. what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing with your life? If you want to get instant opinions... Religion or politics. Absolutely. Just throw those out there, and here's a half hour right yeah. there. And I got some inter- interesting ones on um, LinkedIn. One, the one that stands out the most is um, one guy found my book on LinkedIn, and he said um, he said it was like reading Christopher Hitchens again. And and I looked him up. He's, he's since passed away, obviously, but I looked him up, and, you know, he was uh, a world-renowned journalist who um, – used to speak on religion a lot, did a lot of debates, you know, with, with religious figures, things of that nature. And he was a profound writer. I do not consider myself a profound writer. I just like to, if I can make movies, I would do that, but I can't. So I write. So that's, that, that's why I write. Cause I can't make a documentary yet, yet. Yeah. But, um, but anyway, so when he said that, I was like, Oh wow, it must be, you know, I'm, I'm glad it, um, you know, it, it really reached someone like that. So when I got some of those comments, like, man, it was like, you were t- almost telling my life, but the way you said that, I'm like, wow. I had, when I was writing it, I was just writing it for me. Then I started thinking about my kids, but I didn't go further. Be- I didn't go beyond that to think that other people would be able to relate to the material. So, but I'm glad they did. I'm glad there was folks that did. So, that's awesome. If somebody out there has a business and part of that is wanting to get out to speak more or to train, where does the book factor in? Could writing a book lead to the training? Does a, does the training 
maybe get you, you know what, I need to put all this down. Right. You, you don't, you don't have to, but it, it serves as a, as an excellent uh, business card, if you will. So if you have those books with you, um, I always say, you know, carry a few. And then when you have that, when someone says, you know, how can I get in touch with you? Or what do you speak about? Things of that nature to have that validate you. Yes, I'm an author. It's, I'm glad you asked what I speak on. It's actually outlined clearly in this book. Um, and then it serves as that calling card. You know, I can't remember that one person. Oh, here's the book right here. And here are the chapters and here's the contact information. Here's what he speaks about. Cause you might forget half that stuff yeah. later on, but you got that book with you. Um, that can be a huge piece as opposed to giving them a, a business card. Yeah. Um, aside from you reaching out to them, I think that that uh, book can be um, a, a touch point for them to come back to you and circle back around and say, Hey, look, I'd like to do business with you and have you speak. If you have two words to explain what you do, what are those two words? Educate and relate. Through and speaking and writing. Through speaking and writing. That's and more coaching. than two words, Mike. <laughs> yeah, I know. Via, that's the but two SEC <laughs> grads, we need clarification. I need to make it a little simpler here. Uh, how does your mom tell her friends what her son does? I don't know. Actually, that's a good... She never... I have no idea. That's a good question. My son, the... <laughs> He's awesome. She probably doesn't say anything. Well, yeah, I mean that's probably, a given. Yeah, I, I don't go there. I don't know. Speaker first, would she? No, she probably say trainer because I've okay. trained. I've trained with her a few times, so she oh, probably cool. recognizes me as a. She has her own marriage training business, and she's done that, and I've helped her out with that quite a few times, which is really fun. Um, and uh, and she's actually doing some training right now. It's called uh, Tri Team. And she's doing some training, and I'll be assisting with that. So she, I think she sees me through the lens of a trainer, okay. less than a speaker. So, Ooh, I could see Trinity and her mom doing some training. Try to just begin. Yeah. <laughs> I could see the collaboration <laughs> on her face. Like, yeah. It's like yeah. we so get along. We understand we're on the same wavelength. We, we get along so well you because do. we're states away uh, from each other. But imagine you two on the stage where you, you talking about it from your I, from your lens and your mom talking about it from her lens and the, the audience going, I, I'm thoroughly entertained on this. Yeah. I'm sorry, mom, for saying this. Uh -oh. If you're listening, which you probably Hi, mom. are. Um, I don't think I could get my mom to shut her mouth long enough for me to talk. You're, you have that way. problem with me. You're getting pretty good at it. Just get the look. So, yeah. Sorry, mom. But that would be good. You yeah. and your mom. We definitely have some interesting stories oh, and yes. a lot of um, trials and tribulations that we've been through together, but she is my, um, probably the person that has given me the most wisdom and insight in my life mm -hmm. about big decision things that I don't think she even realized she was doing. So it'd be interesting to ask her about those experiences and find out what she was thinking from her perspective and if she realized what she was doing or, or not, because I always think about this too. I don't have children yet, but I think about how am I, what are the things that I'm going to do or say that are going to impact them in a big way? Right. We're amazed. You've got two. I've got two. Mm -hmm. You're amazed at what they remember. Mm -hmm. But us as kids, I would have that same conversation with my parents as well. Like, you remember that? Right. Like, yeah. yeah. It's like Mount Everest of what yeah. I remember mm -hmm. right there. Yeah. So you just, you never know. It's that little nugget where she's not yeah. trying to lecture or tell you what to do. Have you thought of this? And sometimes when my mom or dad would say that, it's like, wow, now mm -hmm. I hadn't. So yeah. good for your mom. Yeah. Good for your mom. Thanks, mom. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, I'm going to make sure that I tag her in this podcast yes. so she can be go. sure to listen 
I've started doing show notes and things mentioned in the show. So I'll put your mom's name in there so they can Google her and I'll put your mom's name in there too. Big shout out to Vicki up in Michigan. There you go. Vicki from Michigan. You're on the air. Go ahead. (laughs) What's your call? Uh, Speaking of uh, taking advantage of an opportunity, not taking advantage of people, you know, tell people what we're doing during this time for small business owners. Yes, we are offering 30-minute free consultations for business owners who might be thinking about ways that they can pivot or handle their business during this time. Um, We'd be more than happy to meet with you, chat with you, share our wisdom, advice. Um, All you have to do is email us, info at wiredtochange.com with the number two, and we will follow up with you and get a time scheduled to do it. And we're doing it all remotely via GoToMeeting. So no coronavirus here. Well, but we'll see your cute little faces yeah. on the video screen. No strings attached, no nothing. We just truly want to help because we've had a bunch of people help us get here. So we want to give some back. So if you're in need of just running ideas by some people, we'd love to brainstorm with you. However, we can help. We look forward to that and go to info at wiredtochange.com. Let us know. We'll get a schedule for you, see if we can help you. In the meantime, we'd love for you to rate, review, and subscribe on our podcast. I always struggle with that. I got her. I finally got her to say right now. I'm forgetting what the first one is. Rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, You can find this podcast on all major podcast platforms. Uh, Every Tuesday and Thursday morning, it'll be out. So we can use your help growing our small business. Yes. Thank you very much. (laughs) And we will see you next time on our Wired to Change podcast.